So as I've been thinking through my life and like some pivotal moments of my life, and I'm sure you would relate to most of these, if not all of these, there are certain phrases in life that either we say or that have been said to us that radically change everything. And when I say change everything, I literally mean change everything. What you think, how you go about your day, it changes your daily life, it changes your future, it changes everything about your life. It's not just a moment change, it's a forever in your life type of change. There's a few of those phrases, again, that we say or we hear that lead to that kind of change. I'll tell you one of mine, I was 16 years old, and as a 16-year-old kid, I had this phrase said to me. I remember walking into the DMV, and the person behind the DMV counter looked at me and said, Brian Haas, you passed. And I got my license. And my world was forever changed. I was now given freedom like I've never experienced before. I could go wherever I wanted to go. I could do whatever. I could do anything. Now, granted, my parents had some rules, but legally speaking, I could go and do anything anything because of that phrase told to me by the DMV person, you passed. You know the first place I went when I got my license? Once I got home from the DMV with my parents and I said, I'm going out. They're like, well, where are you going to go? It's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going out. And I went out and I went to Wendy's. (laughs) The very first place I went when I got my license was Wendy's. I got back from Wendy's and I began to realize just how much my life had changed because I could go to Wendy's anytime I wanted to. But then my parents so nicely reminded me of all the other changes that I would now experience in life, like car insurance, and having to pay for car insurance, and having to pay for a car, and and all of a sudden I realized now I needed a job, and yes, my life would be forever changed because of that phrase, you passed. Another phrase that changed my life is the phrase, you're hired. Right When I was living in Kentucky, I was told that phrase, moved to California for my first job working at a church. I heard that phrase again when I had the opportunity to come here and start and plant this church here in Dawsonville. I'm sure you've experienced that. When you hear that phrase, you're hired, all of a sudden everything changes, doesn't it? In 2008, another phrase, I was told this phrase, but I also said this phrase and changed the rest of my life. The phrase, I do. When Becky and I stood in front of each other, And we both committed our love for one another and our commitment to one another. Our everyday life for the rest of our lives forever changed. A few years after we said that phrase, there was another phrase that was told to me that changed my life more than I would ever, ever, ever (laughs) anticipate. We're having a baby. (laughs) And everything changed. I heard that phrase three times, in fact, and I hope I don't ever hear it again. I'm good. (laughs) I do not need to hear that phrase again. I'm so thankful for the change that it brought, but I'm good. (laughs) So many different phrases we either say or we hear, and they radically change everything of our life. And again, when I say everything, the everyday stuff, that's the stuff that begins to change. It's a radical transformation and a radical change. There's another phrase that puts all of those phrases to shame. And this phrase we actually see in the Christmas story. In fact, it's Mary's story. And if you know the story, we're going to look at it here in a little bit. But if you know the story, God sends the angel Gabriel to tell Mary, here's what's about to happen. And there's this interesting dialogue back and forth that we're going to look at and study. But it comes to this one phrase that she says. And this one phrase changed her life from that moment, not just for the rest of her life, but for the rest of her eternity as well. 
And I think that phrase has the power to do the exact same thing for you and for me. That it changes our daily life, it changes our life here on earth, and it changes our lives for all of our eternal life as well. That phrase, which we're going to look at here in a moment, is this simple phrase. She says, after she's told all that God's going to do, she says, I am the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. That word servant, we're going to talk to at length today, but she's basically saying, whatever you want, I'm all in. I am the Lord's servant. Whatever you need me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, it's the whenever, the whatever, the however, the wherever. It's all of those. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. I did an experiment with you all this morning without you really even knowing this. I had, I, I've kind of observed this. I think, I, I think I'm right about this, but I wanted to test it this morning. That I think we live in this place called fine. I think most of us, for most of our lives, live in a place called fine. We, of course, experience these really high moments where things are great and incredible and we feel so blessed. We also experience the opposite, where things are low and difficult and we're struggling. We experience both moments of highs and moments of lows. But I think, from what I've seen, most of us, for most of our lives, live in between those two extremes in a place I would call fine. So that's what I think, but again, I tested it this morning. So as I kind of normally do, as I meet you, as I say hey to you, as I come in, hey, how was your week? How was your weekend? How's things going? Those are kind of normal conversations. And I was right. Because do you know what most of you told me when I said, hey, how's it going? How's life? How's your weekend? You know what I heard? Fine. Fine. Pretty good. Can't complain. Not bad. Good. But when you do good like that, <laughs> that really means Fine. So we're fine. We're not experiencing this high. We're not experiencing these lows, maybe right now, but for most of us and most of our lives, we live in a place called fine. I hope you're not fine with that. I hope that we figure out a way to live life with so much intentionality and so much purpose from God's word that it's not just fine, but there's excitement and there's passion because of this one word, purpose. That's what we're going to be talking about all day today. Based on what Mary says, how that ties into not a life that's just fine, just going through the motions and doing what I do and same today as it was yesterday. Yeah, we're surviving. We're getting through. Things are fine. Could be better. Could be worse. It's fine. Oh, when you say that phrase, I am the Lord's servant, your daily life changes so much because you're given purpose. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to start by looking through Mary's story. We want to see how she got to that phrase. Because it wasn't just a, oh, of course, yes, I'm the Lord's servant. Whatever you ask, whatever you need. No, it took a little bit to get there. I want you to see the progression because we experienced the exact same thing. Different story from hers than you and I, but we experienced the exact same flow. So pay attention to the flow that gets her to that phrase, I am the Lord's servant. It starts with God called. That's the very first thing that happened. God calls her, tells her what's about to happen. He uses the angel Gabriel to give her a heads up on what's about to happen. You can follow along. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We're told, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Don't gloss over that. 
The Lord is with you. There's probably somebody watching online or in this room right now that doesn't need to hear anything else other than that. That God's with you. Maybe you've lost your purpose. Maybe you've never really found your purpose. Maybe you've never told or had somebody encourage you and show you through God's word what your purpose is. So you just need to hear this, that he's with you. So that's what the angel told Mary. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I would imagine that until Gabriel showed up, before God called Mary, her life was probably fine, right? She seemed to be doing good. She followed God well. We don't know much about her life, you know, maybe not too many highs, maybe not too many lows. It seems like it's probably more on the high side. She's getting ready to get married. There's got to be some excitement around that. But she was probably fine, and then insert God here and his interruption. And God called and said, I've got a new purpose for you. I've got something I want you to be part of. Now, don't miss this. Notice, we love for people to ask our permission for things. God never asks for permission, does he? He shows up to Mary and says, FYI, here's what's about to happen. He doesn't have a side conversation. He says, Mary, I've got an idea. I've got a really good plan. I want to run it by you first and see how you think it's going to go. And he pushed back and he tweaks you would make. Any questions or issues you have about my plan, Mary? No, he jumps right in through Gabriel and says, Mary, here's what's going to happen. Here's your part. Here's how you are going to be part of my plan in my kingdom. He's calling Mary, not asking for permission. He says, FYI, here's what's going to happen. He doesn't really even give her too many to-dos. There's really only two things that the angel Gabriel tells her to do. Don't be afraid and name him Jesus. So there's got to be a whole lot of unknowns going through Mary's mind at this point. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everything was fine just a minute ago. Now you show up, God, and things don't feel fine right now. <laughs> this seems a little bit different. This seems like a little much. Don't miss that God is calling each and every one of us. Sure, it's gonna be different than God's calling on your life and my life than it is on Mary's life, but we have an entire word of God that speaks to here's what God is calling us to. Here's who he is calling us to be. Here's what he's calling us to do and how to live. Don't miss God's calling on your life. Just like Mary, for us, when God calls, we usually have questions. So God called, then Mary questioned, which is an understandable thing to do. As soon as God said, here's what's about to happen, you're gonna have my son. Mary's like, hang on a second, question. Can I raise my hand here? Here's her question, and it's an understandable question. Like I said, verse 34, she says, how, everybody say how, how, one more time, that wasn't everybody, it was four of you. How, one more time, how, there you go. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin, great question, valid question, how in the world is that gonna happen? And this happens all the time in our lives. God calls and says, here's my plan, here's my purpose for your life, and then we say, how's that gonna work? God calls us and says, here's how I want you to live. Here's what I want you to do. And we say, help me understand because I don't see how that's possible. See, there's this constant tension between God's plan and our understanding. And when we don't understand, 
We ask the how question. We ask the why question. We ask the what about question. We ask the when question. We ask the how come question. We ask all these questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Don't mishear me. When God lays out his plan and our part in it and the purpose that he is giving each and every one of us, it's natural for us to say, that feels real big. I don't know if I can. I don't know even where to begin. Like all of those questions start stirring up in our heart, which is understandable. So God calls, then Mary questions. Then through the angel Gabriel, God confirms his plan again. Here's what the angel said, verse 35. The angel answered to her how question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is gonna have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. I love verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. This is great. It's like God confirms his plan by trying to explain. Like, okay, Mary, good question. Let me answer your how question. Here's what the Holy Spirit's gonna do. And, and in fact, your, your relative Elizabeth, like, you almost feel like the, the angel Gabriel's like, well, it's gonna happen like this, but th you know what? Because God said so. <laughs> That's the way it sounds. He starts out trying to explain with the Holy Spirit, and then we've seen this happen before, and let me show you proof that God can do whatever. No, God's word doesn't fail. So if God said it earlier, it's going to happen. If God promised it, we talked about this last week, he's going to make good on it. So it's the because I said so line. And as a dad with three kids, ages eight, five, and now four, I get asked a lot of questions. Becky and I both, we get asked a lot of questions. Everything from like, why did God create bugs to how do planes fly and everywhere in between. And as best as we try to explain we kind of have an order of how we do things. Like we, we, we do our best to give some good explanations and we say, well, let's ask Siri. So then we ask Siri the question. What's Siri say? <laughs> if Siri doesn't have a good answer, then we go and ask Alexa and ask Alexa the question. If Alexa still can't answer, then my, my, my response to my kids is, that's a great question to ask God when you get to heaven. Ask it there. Keep a notebook. Because there's a lot of questions I don't understand. There's a lot of hows I don't get and don't understand. But I believe this and I know this and God confirms this that it's because he said so. It's because no word from God will ever fail. It's because nothing with God is impossible. Not a very good answer though, is it? It's a very unsatisfying answer. Here's this big plan and big purpose that God is doing and Mary's part of it. Mary's got some very valid questions like, how's this totally gonna work out and what am I supposed to do? And the angel says, well, it's just gonna happen because God said so. So it's like, just like roll with it. And Mary's response after her, after her question and after God's confirmation is the phrase we talked about earlier. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary's response, verse 38, her commitment Remember, we went from God called to Mary questioned to God confirmed. No, it's, no word from God will ever fail. And now's, now's her opportunity to commit to it. Verse 38, Mary's commitment. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. A phrase that she spoke that would have radically changed every moment of her life. 
in this life and for all of eternity. Because that word servant is bigger than what you might think. If we were to go around the room and for you online and, hey, give me your definition of servant. What does it mean to be a servant? I'm sure we would all say something about serving, maybe helping, maybe being selfless. Like there's a lot of words and definitions that we would have, but I don't think you understand the true magnitude of what that word means. For Mary, it wasn't just the word that we would say servant. The original language, that word is doulos. I want you to understand the definition of doulos or not just servant, but bond servant or bond slave. Here's the definition of doulos, and this is exactly what Mary was committing to when she said, I am the Lord's servant. The definition of doulos is this, one who gives himself or herself to another's will, one who belongs completely to another, devoted to another, to the disregard of one's own interests. So regardless of what I want, regardless what I think, I am submitting myself to someone else. And this last part, they no longer have any ownership or rights of their own. That's a big deal. Understand, Mary's not saying, hey, yeah, whatever you need, I'm happy to help. No, this is, I'm yours. And so often we walk through our daily lives, God, I'm happy to help, just let me know what you need. Sure, God, I'd be willing to help here and I can help this and I can be part of this. We're giving him slivers of our lives. I am the Lord's servant is saying, I am all in and I am all yours. That's what Mary's saying. Her commitment is a complete submission to God, his will, and his direction for the rest of her life. It's not helping in a situation. It's not helping in this moment. She's saying, I am 100% all yours. Doulos. I am the Lord's servant. I think if we were to say that phrase, we would see just how radically it changes every moment, every minute of our lives. Let me go back to, we kind of looked at that flow of God calling, Mary questioning, God confirming, and then Mary committing. Let me talk through the God calling piece a little bit more because that's where I think we can really relate to Mary. Just as God called Mary, he has called each and every one of us. And we see this through the Christmas story, but we see this throughout scripture, that God has given us the gift of purpose. Purpose. Throughout scripture, throughout history, God chooses, doesn't need, God chooses to use us, to use people to be part of his big plan. Go through the Old Testament stories that you, you heard about if you grew up in church of Moses and Daniel in the lion's den and Madrag, Madrag, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You hear the stories of Abraham. You hear all of these incredible stories going to the New Testament with the disciples and Peter. Hear all of these stories of God choosing to use us giving them specific purposes in his great plan. If you don't know what your purpose is in life, let me help you understand. It's to serve God. It's to say that phrase, I am the Lord's servant. So often we get caught up in all these other smaller purposes where I have a job, so therefore my purpose is to go wake up and work. We have a family, so therefore my purpose is to make sure my kids don't starve and I take care of my spouse and we have beds to sleep in, we have a roof over our house. 
I'm part of a community, so therefore I have a purpose to, I don't know, do something. <laughs> I have to make money, so that's got to be part of my purpose too. Like we get lost in these, I'm not saying they're bad purposes, but I am saying they were smaller purposes. And God has given you, he has tapped you on the shoulder intentionally, individually, specifically for you. You were wonderfully created, uniquely created for God's purpose for your life. And he invites you to be part of something so much bigger. To say, here's what I'm doing, just like with Mary. I'm not asking your permission. I'm not running this by you. I'm saying, here's what I'm doing. And he invites you to be part of that. That God has given you a huge purpose that is all part of his plan. He invites us to be part of a relationship with him. But he also invites us to be used by him to build his kingdom, just like Mary. God has given each and every one of us the gift of purpose. Because he has given up the gift, the gift of purpose, we now have a choice what we do with that. Do we say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. Mary's life was fine, and she could have said, no, no, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. Life is fine. I'm fine. I'm good. She didn't. She said, no, I am the Lord's servant. And she jumped in, said, I'm all in, I'm all yours. So because God has given us purpose, can I challenge you to live your life on purpose? When I say on purpose, I mean intentionally, not by accident, not just haphazardly, well, I just go through my day and whatever happens, happens. No, to live your life on purpose, very intentionally. Let me give you a different way to maybe think through this. Think of your everyday life, the things that you do. You've got work, school, kids, spouse, church. You've got community stuff. You've got volunteer things you're part of. You've got friends. You've got family. You've got Christmas shopping. You've got all the stuff, right? All these different things. What if you woke up tomorrow morning, and no matter how many times you hit the snooze button, when you finally do decide to get up, before your feet hit the ground, you said that phrase, I am the Lord's servant. How different would your day feel? Now, you might still do all of those same things that we just talked about, but with a different perspective and with a different mission in mind. No more are you just going to work to get a paycheck. No, you're walking into work saying, God, what might you do today? What might you be using me for? What meetings do I have today? And how might you want to use me to, to bring somebody else joy or hope or light? Maybe you have a meeting and it starts out talking about the 2021 budget and you had no clue what was going on with this other person. But because you're looking for it, because you're paying attention to the mission God has given you to be on purpose and to live life on purpose, you start talking about a budget. But by the end of this, you recognize they're in a difficult spot and you get to spread light to them and give life to them through the hope in Jesus. When you see your life as a mission from God where you've been given purpose it changes your outlook on everything. No more are you just going home to your family. And you're like, how do I love my family like God has loved me? How am I raising my kids in a way? How am I being purposeful and intentional on discipling my kids at home? Not just waiting for the church to do that. How, what does it look like to be intentional with our friendships and to pray for people and not just wait till they ask to be prayed for? How different would it look if we viewed our life as a mission from God? And yes, the things we do may not change, but what we're looking for most certainly might.
Here's the prayer for a servant of the Lord. Here's a prayer that sums up what Mary said. I am the Lord's servant. God, how do you want to use me where I am and with what I have? God, how do you want to use me where I am and with what I have? What meetings do I have today? What schedules am I keeping today? Where am I going? Who am I seeing? What's on my to-do list? Who am I interacting with? And God, how do you want to use me today where I am and with what I have? Oh, you start praying that prayer and your eyes begin to be opened with all the opportunities God, that God lays before you by saying, I am the Lord's servant. Some of you, that's good enough. You know, I gave you a prayer. You're kind of understanding the scripture, understanding the importance and the impact of saying that phrase. Some of you need a little bit more, like me. Let me give you something cheesy, but it actually might help. You ready for this? Some of you just ignore me. Others of you are like, no, I'm actually gonna do that. You don't have to tell anybody you actually do this. I would encourage you for the rest of December to get you an envelope that looks like this and write the word today on it, today. There's a lot of things that have to happen tomorrow and there's a lot of things that have to happen next week, but let's focus on today. So get an envelope, have today on it, write today. And inside that envelope... Get you a piece of paper and write the phrase, I am the Lord's servant. And put this right next to your bed. Because every single day you wake up, you have a choice to accept, accept the invitation that God has given you, the purpose that he is handing you. The exciting part is you don't always know what that looks like. For Mary, she had no clue what it would look like to be the Lord's servant every day for the rest of her life. She had no clue what it would look like. You have no idea what opportunities God is gonna lay before you, but may our eyes be open. And by saying, I am the Lord's servant, we're looking for ways to serve him throughout our day. Looking for those missions he places before us. Looking for those opportunities and moments where we can be light to others. So if you put this on your nightstand or put it right next to your bed, every time you wake up, you have a choice. Am I gonna be the Lord's servant today? Because that phrase changes your everyday life, starting today and through all of eternity. How do we serve him in every moment, in every minute of our every day? I am the Lord's servant. If you wanna take it a step further, Here's a way to really begin wrestling with this. Fill in this blank. I will blank on purpose. Maybe that's what you add to the envelope. That today, I am going to go to work on purpose. Today, I will love my spouse on purpose. Today, I will parent on purpose. Today, I will give on purpose, serve on purpose, love on purpose. Not just wait for those opportunities, but to be purposeful and intentional. I wanna share something and celebrate you for a second. Many of you um, just have no idea on the impact that your giving has. And I've shared the last several weeks with the wall of needs and Operation Christmas Child and the projects that we needed to get done here. Like you have made a tremendous impact, but it goes beyond just that. So local church, when you give, it's not just turning lights on. One of my prayers for our church is, God, continue to put people and organizations in front of us that you want us to help, that you want us to bless because you're doing great things through them. 
Like that's part of our purpose as a church. And every time you give, you get to be part of that. So towards the end of each year, we always pray that prayer and start looking around and having conversations. And I am blown away that we were able to do this in the year 2020. A year that everybody says is unprecedented. Well, what you have been able to do, I would say is unprecedented. This year, you have been so generous to God through his church. Now, let me put up a, a slide. Beth, if you'd put up that slide, here's a bunch of different organizations and local nonprofits for not just our Dawson location here, but for Scythe as well as our new Canton location. And because of your generosity, we were able to take $20,000 and divvy it up amongst those organizations that are doing an incredible work and in fulfilling God's purpose in their life. Let me just highlight a couple. So Good Shepherd Clinic right here. So they had a need of getting some new computers at their facility as they try to adjust with Teladoc. So we were able to write them a check and say, take care of it. FCA is trying to get Bibles in the hands of all other student athletes. We were able to have a small part of that earlier. We added to that for not just Dawson, but for Scythe and Cherokee County as well. Family Connection does an incredible job. Nancy's um, the one that's over Family Connection, doing an incredible job meeting needs in our community. She had a few needs that weren't met yet. So you, local church, were able to meet it. Don't tell me there's not a purpose in what God calls us to do. It goes so much further beyond just what you see. But you won't see it unless you say the phrase, I am the Lord's servant. He's given you purpose. May we live on purpose. Like I said, for Mary, it went beyond just helping out in a moment for God. It was every day for the rest of her life and for all of eternity. In fact, you can follow Mary's life through the rest of the Gospels, the New Testament scriptures even, where you see Mary, obviously, in the Christmas story. And then we have this interesting story where Jesus is 12 years old and Mary and Joseph have taken him to the temple. And you see Mary parenting the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant changed her life in that moment too. You read through Jesus' miracles as well as his sermons, his teachings. And you see Mary pop up in different one of those, different different times of those. She continued to follow her son around. In John, we get the account of Jesus' crucifixion. And Mary, Jesus' mom, was at the foot of the cross watching her son be crucified. But in Acts chapter one, after Jesus' crucifixion, after his resurrection, and after his ascension into heaven, here's what we read. Acts chapter one, verse, 20, verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. This is after Jesus went up into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James and Simon, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and... Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Mary never stopped serving God her entire life. It wasn't a, I'm here to help. It was a, I am yours. We live in a culture where we love Jesus being our savior, but not necessarily our Lord. He, he is both. He is your savior. He saves you from your sins. He saves the world. He came to be born so that he could die. And the grace that he gives is not earned and it is not deserved. It is a free gift of grace. But he's also our Lord. 
we are his servants. So we do what he calls us to do. We go where he calls us to go. We do what he asks us to do. We think like him. We try to become as much like him as possible. And that, church, is our purpose. To follow him with all of our heart, to love him with all of our soul, and to look for those opportunities of purpose to love others that he's placed around us. So tomorrow morning, may you wake up with your same schedule and your same to-dos, but with different purpose as you look for how he's going to use you every day. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for how you call us specifically and individually and yes, uniquely. May we not get caught up in all the things that we do and miss the purpose that you have called us to. The purpose to serve you with all of our heart for the rest of our lives. That you are our savior, but you are also our Lord and our King, and we are the Lord's servants. So Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see the missions that you call us to each and every day. That it's not just going to work, it's not just with our family, it's not just showing up to church, it's not just writing checks, it's not just driving places and going grocery shopping. No, every moment of every day, may we be looking through the eyes of a servant of the Lord that is looking for opportunities to serve you. May we be full of excitement and anticipation because we have no idea what today might hold how you might choose to use us today, the lives you'll have us interact with and the hope that we get to spread to others. May our lives be radically changed because of that phrase. We are the Lord's servants. In your name we pray, amen.